So it is a Mulcair Monday, which is when we uh, tap into the wisdom of Thomas Mulcair, former leader of the opposition, former leader of the federal NDP. Nice to have you, sir. Happy Monday. <laughs> Good to be with you, John. Uh, let's actually start with Olivia Chow, because you know her fairly yes. well. And, yes, very well. I mean, yeah. unless she's going to announce that she bought a new hat, then at 1030 this morning, <laughs> she throws that new hat into the ring. Becoming the 462nd yeah, candidate uh, running for mayor of Toronto. I have nothing but good things to say about my friend Olivia Chow. I mean, she is simply one of the hardest working MPs I've ever had the pleasure of sitting with. I mean, you, you have to know that even on weekends when things were quiet and the next election was years away, she was door knocking. This is the way Olivia Chow has done politics. Very, very oriented towards the community she represented. And and I wish her well. I do think that all of a sudden this race is going to be shaking up a little bit more. Uh, people will start to concentrate on the three or four people who have really got a chance to run Canada's largest city. And I, I just think that, uh, you know, for somebody who's been through so much and has got such deep experience. She's whip smart, full of energy. I think she's going to shake this race up, John. It's going to be fun to watch. What do you make of Katie Telford, who is uh, one of Justin Trudeau's top people? She's his chief of staff. She was being questioned by a committee about election interference last week. And uh, I, I guess, you know, convenient for her and the PMO, it happened at the end of the week and nobody was paying any attention. And But we still <laughs> want to talk about it this morning. Um, yeah. What did you see? Well, I saw somebody who is incredibly smart, um, but there is such thing as being too clever by half. When you look at members of parliament refuse to give even the slightest answer, which, by the way, she was allowed to give. Nobody was asking her to give up the secrets of CSIS, but there were things she could have easily answered. And she she knew that and everybody else did. And she would say things like, oh, you know, I'm so disappointed. I can't answer you because I'd really love to because I love parliament so much and I love our institutions so much, but I, I just can't help you. So all this is, of course, the background is Chinese government interference in Canadian elections. And we learned last week the whole thing around the Trudeau Foundation, board of directors stepping down, CEO stepping down. David Johnston, my buddy, I thought would do a great job. I think he's in a, an impossible situation now because he was there for years before getting named as special rapporteur by Justin Trudeau. So I can't see how he can possibly continue that job. There's a, a basic rule that lawyers uh, call the Nemo Udex rule to, to the extent that he be called upon John to look at stuff that he was involved in. How can he possibly do that now? So I, I don't see how this is going to continue. Trudeau has done everything he can to stonewall this thing. Katie Telford did everything she could to stonewall it. They're hoping to make it to the summer and have this thing go away. Don't forget, Johnston's mandate doesn't end next month when he gives his opinion as to whether or not there, there should be a commission of inquiry. Trudeau gave him a second part of that mandate that drags through all the way until October. Does that become an excuse for Trudeau to say, well, we'll put a commission in place, but we'll, we'll wait to hear back completely from David Johnston? It's becoming transparent that they just don't want this thing to go ahead because they have things to hide. It's a cover-up clear as a bell. And now it's going to be up to Canadians and journalists to keep pushing on this thing. You've got a list of five bills to watch today as Parliament resumes. And owing to the composition of our government or the circumstances of it, we could be at an election any day. So I guess they have to choose their bills yes. carefully. Yes. Which ones they want to get through. For example, the Online Streaming Act is a big priority for the Liberals. They've been talking about that for some time, you know, to, to have something 
in the vicinity of the current rules for television uh, with regard to Canadian content and the like. So they're going to try to push that through. They think that that's a winner for them with their base. They're probably right on that. There's stuff that's going to be avoided. I don't think that they're going to try to push through C-13. Now, what in heaven's name is C-13? Well, that's the renewal and updating of the Official Languages Act. Lots of good stuff in there if you happen to be a francophone outside Quebec. So if you're from northern Ontario and the like, you, you'll get better services and you'll, you'll have, there's stuff in there for you. If you're an English-speaking Quebecer, and who cares about them, eh? So if you're an English-speaking Quebecer, then you're going to be worried about your ability to keep management and control of your school boards because there will be two categories of official language minorities in Canada that will no longer be symmetry. So that's a big problem for Trudeau. He's tapped Anna Ganey to run in NDG Westmount uh, to replace Mark Garneau. She's a really strong figure with deep experience. She'll have no trouble. She'll win that in a romp. But at the same time, she could be given a bit of a hard time by very angry people in the English-speaking community, because that's an English writing, saying, hold on, hold on, the Liberals are selling us selling us out on this thing. So Trudeau's going to, I think, if, if my thinking is right and that he's trying to see if he can keep a window open for the fall so he doesn't have to go with the new electoral map, I think that he'll just drag that one on, rag the puck, because that way he doesn't even have to come back into the House. He could wait till the end of September, pull the plug for a late October election, and none of this would have to be dealt with, and he would spend the summer doing what he's been doing for the past couple of weeks, John. Okay. Town halls, yeah. practic- practicing his shtick, talking to people, getting his mug out there, and and trying to see if he's got enough interest to be able to get another mandate. Okay, well, you mentioned these town halls, and I understand from the headline I'm looking at, there are, quote, new skeptics. What are they skeptical about? Have they changed formats to protect the prime minister? <laughs> a little bit of that. But the other thing is, too, people just scratch their heads, right? If you care, let's say, about environment a great deal, the only thing you want to see are results. And we had news last week that Canada's greenhouse gases, greenhouse gas emissions were going up again. So, you know, the, the average person who does care about this stuff only sees that as a headline and say, Mr. Trudeau, you talk a good game on this stuff, but you're not actually getting it done. And then there was the big you know, front page news a couple of weeks ago when we found out that the Liberals had contrived to increase the size of the federal bureaucracy by 31% in seven and a half years. How's that even possible, John? And again, these are not things that are highfalutin discussions in university milieu. This is the average person reading their paper saying, come on, you know, you don't know how to run the place. And that's the stuff that's starting to really, that that cement, that, that concrete is starting to set around uh, Trudeau's feet. Okay, one last thing. Not a lot of time on the clock, but uh, Pierre Polyev, leader of the Conservatives, very excited about Twitter labeling the CBC government-funded media. You know, this is the stuff that exasperates me, because all I want is an alternative to the Liberals who's ready to go in there and run the government, not try to settle scores and come up with all this sort of second-year university nonsense. Yeah, probably I was having a little bit too much fun here. And Twitter seems to be playing along because when Canadian press wrote to them to get a comment, what they got back from Twitter, from the company, was a poop emoji. Oh, dear. <laughs> Speaking about, you know, college humor. I think that probably has scored a real political point with his base here. I lived it on the left. I was not in the Liberal Party federally. I was the head of the NDP. And we we knew there was a strong Liberal bias at the CBC. We lived it every day. It was extraordinarily frustrating. You try not to talk about it because you don't want them to pile on against you even more. But we lived it. The Conservatives live it. And, and it's not even open to debate for anybody who's been in federal politics in Canada and wasn't a Liberal. But that being said, the CBC is the CBC. It's an icon and it's an institution 
action and Poilievre attacking it, again, that's going to make his base happy. It's not going to make the average Canadian really care much about him. Thank you, sir. All the best, John. Thomas Mulcair on a Mulcair Monday.